Welcome to Bub Club, a horror movie podcast. On today's show, we'll be spotlighting Zombie, followed by our top three favorite body horror. This is episode number 10, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Lindsay. I'm Melanie. And I'm Josh. We've made it to 10. Woohoo! We're going to have a celebration. Yay. Congratulations, guys. I don't think people celebrate episode oh, 10. Oh, damn. <laughs> I think it's 100 is when we could start, actually. It's my fault. I brought it up. Yeah. I Forget I even said it. Who cares? Episode 10. <laughs> we suck. That's our new motto on Bub Club here. What? Episode 10, we suck? <laughs> Just we suck. <laughs> we don't suck, because guess what? We have some horror for you. Do you guys remember the show Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, definitely. Yes. Josh, do you ever remember this? Probably not. No. Oh, this, you don't? So oh, this man. was Sorry. huge. Yeah. This was huge. This is like families sit around the television huge, right? Okay, let me say, it used to scare me as a kid. It well, used to scare you? As it should have. Yeah. There, there was like a bunch of, you know, murder stories and it, it, sometimes paranormal stuff. That it didn't scare me. It intrigued me. That and current events for some reason. You know the current events? <laughs> Anytime I, I saw those two when I was a kid come on the TV, I'd quickly change it. I think because it was real stuff, right? Maybe. Maybe you're afraid of reality. Some of it was real, right? <laughs> no, it was real. It was like yeah. a... It, some of it was real. So some of it was also like, you know, aliens and stuff. So I don't know if you could call it all real. Yeah, but the murders were real, right? <laughs> Correct. The, so Robert Stack, he was like the host. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So if you... He had a very like distinct voice. So I just want to... I want to play a clip from one of the old episodes. And after a long day of sightseeing, you can drift off to sleep in the same bedroom where Abby Borden's pummeled body was discovered lifeless on the floor. <laughs> now, is this Lizzie Borden's mother? Is uh, that who? No, 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 no. That that was this host of Unsolved Mysteries. No, I know that was, but he's saying you can sleep on the floor of Abby Borden's. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who that was talking to. Okay, I was just looking okay. through clips of his voice, and I found that one really funny. Cause wait, wait, <laughs> you could sleep on the floor where her body. Was. So you could sleep in the corpse. bed. Next to where oh. her lifeless body was found on the okay. floor. Her pummeled body. Which, which, you know, I'm like a horror fan. I would do it. But no, no, man. That's too much <laughs> no, for I me. Would. How, I much, would. how much do you got to pay? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get further than that clip. But I was just <laughs> let, like, me, <laughs> let me draw the line here. I'm a horror fan. That doesn't mean I like people dying. Yeah. It doesn't I like mean I like... dying, but what if it was for free? Would you would you do it just no. for the experience? No, because I couldn't get that out of my head. Uh, I would be sitting there all night long going, oh, cool, a girl was pummeled to death on the floor. I yeah, would do he, it. Here's, make me here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are probably sitting next to where several people have died, right? I mean... Yeah, but... Think this about, is different when you know yeah. they've been brutally murdered and that's why you go to stay there. Yeah, it seems kind of exploitive. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when I was like way off track, the, the reason why I bring Unsolved Mysteries up is it's coming back to Netflix in July. Ooh. Now, they've decided not to go with a host, which... What? Is weird to me. They're like, you, you couldn't live up to uh, Robert Stack, which was the old Is old he host. not alive anymore? I don't think so or maybe he doesn't want to participate yeah but either way they were like well we can't live up to him so we're not having a host at all and and then back in the day they used to do like multiple stories and now they're just doing one per episode 
Do you guys want to hear the... Uh... Yeah, let me just say, though, you can't do that. You can't say that we you, nobody could ever live up to somebody or else we wouldn't have Heath Ledger's Joker. Sure. We wouldn't have Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. the new... We wouldn't have Jordan Peele as the new Twilight Zone host. Yeah, or yeah. the new Pennywise. Like, no, you I need to just... Get, I think it's a bad... Like, I don't know yeah. what they're going to have. Like, that's kind of the... It's anyway, a cop-out, we'll man. see. It sounds like a cop-out. We'll see, but... Um, so back in the day, you used to, if you had any information, and they solved like mysteries this way. There was a lot of murder cases That's that got right. solved. Yeah. You could call a number. Because you could call this 800 number. Well, and then the FBI, if you saw people who were, right, escaped. So this and... is going to be interesting because this mm-hmm. is going to be on a much wider level where like almost everybody's got Netflix now. And now you can do the same thing, but it's going to be like a website that you can go in. I'm curious to see how much like shit they'll have to sift through but it'll be interesting because they actually figure some stuff out this way but uh i want to just a couple there's a couple of them i wanted to talk about so the first one is called mystery on the rooftop the body of a uh, newlywed ray rivera was found in an abandoned conference room at the baltimore historic belvedere hotel in may 2006 eight days after he mysteriously disappeared while the baltimore police maintained that the 32 year old committed suicide by jumping from the hotel's roof the medical examiner declared Ray's death unexplained. Many, including the devastated wife, Allison, suspect foul play. So that's one. And that's like your typical like murder mystery story, right? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a show called Solved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Call in the number if you think you know, and then we'll tell you what actually happened. I'm interested. I wonder if they're going to have any alien ones in this, in this. It seems like. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, there's gotta be. It yeah. seems like they have. I don't see. To me, those are more fun. Even the if, alien, they are fun, yeah. right? Even if I think like... they're not real, I think maybe that's what I find more fun about it, rather than somebody actually getting murdered. Oh, even the Bigfoot okay, so and Loch Ness, like, oh yeah, fun. You know, they're not. It's not like you have to take them seriously. Right, right. They have an episode called Berkshire's UFO. So on May on September 1st, 1969, many residents of Berkshire County, Massachusetts, were traumatized by the sighting of a UFO eyewitnesses. Many just children at the time have spent their lives trying to convince the world that they saw was real. Oh, that one would be fun. That would yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'd like, you know, spend my whole life as a child if I saw something as a child, but yeah, it's real. Yeah, I also saw like the ghost of Elvis sitting on the toilet once I was yeah. a child, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, at the time I was just been listening to a lot of Elvis and convincing myself I saw a ghost Elvis remember, on the toilet. Remember you told me you saw grandpa's ghost downstairs and his eyes were glowing red? Yeah. I was scared for ages. <laughs> yeah. And it was a lie. Of course it was a lie. <laughs> 1969 is when this happened. So it wasn't fascinating enough for the first show? Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Or maybe it was on the first show and they're just recycling it. It'll, yeah. Anyway, there's or like... Or they didn't get to it. Who knows? There's a few more, you know, and I won't go through them all, but I don't know. I'm interested and I'm, I'm going to check it out because this was huge when we were a kid. We should all... Oh, we should have a party. We should all have an Unsolved Mysteries party. Oh, I'm into it, man. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'd be down. I'm going to call the number after every episode. <laughs> I'm like, I don't say, know nothing. <laughs> Melanie did it. <laughs> uh, before we move on to the next, I just want to give you guys permission. If, if I'm ever brutally murdered, I want you guys to exploit the shit out of that. I well, want yeah. you guys. This you can bed. sleep in the room that Josh died. <laughs> 500 bucks a night where his dick was found in his mouth (laughs) (laughs) make t-shirts just exploit it make that money you know (laughs) yeah build a memorial of you samesies all right so i mean mine isn't like any like horror news as far as uh up and coming tv shows but i was um 
I was reading a book to my kids because I'm trying to read to them like 20 minutes every night. So I got like a scary stories book called Hill House, right? Um, and it's just about real hauntings, but it got into like cannibalism. This is what you're reading them for yeah, nighttime yeah. stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to. That's what we used to have as our bedtime it, yeah. stories. So, like it, it got into cannibalism, you know. So it was like there's this what? place, yeah, where um, people think it's haunted because cannibalism went on there. And then I got to thinking. So I wanted to ask you guys, like as far as cannibalism goes. Would you, if you were in a situation like you were stuck somewhere, and I mean close family members, like the closest, would you eat their bodies to stay alive? Are they dead already? They're dead already. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very close to my family. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like Bub Club, like if it was oh, if it was us, like it's your oh, mom. That would be that or, would be rough. Yeah. yeah, or let's say it was me, Lindsay. Like I died. In the a, yeah, I don't know. Like the, the I think daughter I, party. I don't yeah. think I would ever know the answer to that question until it actually happened. Because That's, yeah, because I could tell you now. Like I'm inclined to say, probably, I I don't know, I don't know. And that's a disturbing fucking thought. I'm inclined <laughs> to say yes because survival. Yeah, and, and if they're and dead, people have done it, right? That's why I'm inclined to say yes. Is because right, like of people, their own family, like yeah, like the uh, right off what, their butts. What alive was based on, you yeah, know, yeah. The, uh, the the, well, the butt eating. And I would want somebody to eat my dead body if I was dead. If I it was would. a family member to keep them alive, even yeah. if it wasn't Absolutely. a family member, like go ahead. It's just a yeah. It's just a body. It's yeah. just yeah, there's dead. no longer like there's no longer <laughs> anything in it anymore, yeah. except for food. Now, who would you eat first out of all the dead bodies? I would out be us, a prime rib. If I'd we're be in, prime rib. I mean, whoever died first, right? But if you guys all died at the same time, it'd be pretty lousy. I'd be, I'd be crying while eating. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a weird image in my head. <laughs> Picking off a ball, ball, you guys. Balling. Eating butt. Blood I don't know why. Because of alive, I always just picture people eating butt when they're eating dead. The but but yeah. in real life, they like picked the bones clean, like pinky fingers were eaten. Yeah. Oh. They ate yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we would, I would, I would assume, oh, yeah. to survive. Ugh, it'd be gross. You know, it would be gross. And I'd have a hard time because I'm vegetarian anyway. Like, so that texture like leaves your satisfaction. Yeah, yeah it'd be like level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be two hurdles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, Ari Aster did an interview with uh, the like some students at UC Santa Barbara, uh, and they talked a little bit about his next movie. His four-hour movie? Yeah, it's going to be four hours long. That's basically all he said. And for some reason... You can't find the actual interview online. You can find like 10 articles of people reporting on what was said during the interview, but you can't see the interview yourself. So huh. I was trying to look it, into it a little more to see if we could get more information. But yeah, like basically all he said is it's going to be four hours long um, if he has it his way. Is it going to be as good as The Lord of the Rings? Because that's the only four hour long movie I ever watched. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be It'll be interesting to see if like, the finished product is because obviously it's still pretty early on. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm going to watch it no matter what. But yeah, yeah, I'll watch yeah it. definitely. Um, so is that the only information he's released, or is that the only thing he knows about it? Um, I mean, the quote was like, "All I know about it is it's going <laughs> to be four hours long." So that's a little funny to me. Yeah, to have like that as a goal. Like, I just want to, unless the goal is like, I want to make it so good and interesting that four hours isn't going to feel yeah. long. 
But if he's just like, I just want to make a four hour movie just cause it's yeah. kind of funny. It's a little funny to me to just like set. Like, I just want to make something super long. Don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. Could be vampire. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's going to be a nightmare comedy. So okay. all right, well, we're going to need a, okay, comedy. So a bit a of a roller bit coaster. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you remember like Midsummer's director's cut, it, yeah, it, was, it was almost three hours oh, long. Oh, yeah, it was long. Yeah, like it was, it was pretty up there. Oh, you know, and so. it didn't feel that long either. I remember we were worried about it feeling long, and we were like, oh. No, it, yeah, it didn't. No, it didn't feel like So a half hour longer than that? No. I, yeah, it's, it, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Isn't all his movies nightmare comedies? Sort of. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I remember laughing in, in Midsummer a little bit. I laughed you know? all the way through Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember Hereditary. one funny scene in Hereditary. Like the dinner scenes mainly were really the, funny to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the family was... <laughs> all the dysfunctional family stuff was hilarious, no? Yeah, no, very funny. Okay, um, I have a different sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You guys probably didn't catch the jokes that I caught, maybe. Yeah, um... <laughs> But I, I also just wanted to, to give a shout out to his short films that you can see on Vimeo. Um, it's kind of like YouTube, like, but a more professional version, I guess. Who are you explaining but, Vimeo uh, to? Yeah, I don't know. The audience. I know, I know that I'm some older, but we're not that old. Some people. <laughs> no, it's not true. a very popular website, I guess. Um, but his longest one, the strange thing about the Johnsons. I watched it again this week uh, just because I was thinking about it. It's a good movie. It's it's like 30 minutes long, and it's uh, it's up there with, like, Midsummer and Hereditary. Nice. It's, uh, it's pretty freaky. Ari Oster, is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, sometimes I say Oster, sometimes I say Aster. Okay. I don't know. If he was here, would you propose to him right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so um, expected to hit theaters in 2021 is Children of the Corn. Like I'm, a whole reboot? So I'm reluctant to say reboot or remake because they are saying straight from the short story of Stephen King. Oh. So they, they say it has no relation to the original movie, which I haven't seen for a long time. It's on our shelf, so I, I should probably bring it down and watch it because I remember liking it. I guess I don't always assume, assume that reboots are going to be related to the first movies. I just thought, like, yeah. reboot of the f subject itself. Right. They're trying to detach themselves from the original movie, though. Maybe it didn't follow the, the short story as closely as they are going to. This is by Kurt Wimmer, who hasn't done things in a minute. Um, Equilibrium and Ultraviolet. Yeah, that seems about right for those movies, sure. that silence. Um, so here's the interesting part to me is that it was shot through the pandemic. So they just wrapped on principal photography just recently. In March, it was put on hold, and then they went back and started doing it. They followed CDC recommendations. So halfway through the movie, they're all going to be like six feet away from each other <laughs> wearing masks. Camera tricks. <laughs> yeah, all, the whole movie's all the kids are in masks. <laughs> Um, no, I think, you know, they, I don't think I read this, that they, they only had people on completely necessary. So they followed wherever they're shooting. They followed like the, the person limit, you know, I think out here in Utah, they just upped it to 50. They yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. So I don't know back then or where they were doing it, but it could have been anywhere between 20 and 50 people on set at all, all times. 
what I find interesting is like there's going to be movies that have been shot during this pandemic. Now, I doubt that you'll be able to see any remnants of it on the screen. But when they come out on like DVD or Blu-ray, it'd be interesting to like listen to the commentary. Yeah, see some of the behind the scenes. Yeah, and see, you know, how they got through this in different ways. And like, yeah, behind the scenes footage and stuff. I just find it uh, to be a very interesting time to be alive right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I would not say exciting. I would just say interesting. But a change might be in the air. And movies might reflect it. I hope so. That'd be nice. Now, is Children of the Corn the one where they're like, Outlander? That one? Where I, I just remember like kids in overalls with like, yeah. blonde, well, bleach blonde, well, wait, wait, not bleach blonde, Didn't like white these hair? older people like stumble upon this town where they get stuck and it's all children? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen this. I know mm. that there's children and there's something to do with corn. <laughs> <laughs> there's I a devil the child there's like a malachi right there's malachi. Like, a, there's like a leader yes. of the children yeah yeah and that yeah, guy yeah. is pretty awesome he was in the burbs he played one of the clopex oh, yeah. uh, you know the scary neighbors um he's been in a lot of stuff that's been popping up that i've been watching recently including can't buy me love which is not horror but yeah, anyway so you guys know it's pride month right heck yeah i know that with all yeah. everything going on it's kind of it seems like it hasn't been as prevalent. Which is unfortunate. Week, which is unfortunate because yeah. I very much enjoy Pride Week month. I miss the parade, but I guess they're having it in September. Yeah. That only matters oh, for people that cool. live in Utah. But. So anyway, I started to think about any uh, LGBTQT, LGBT, why LGBTQT? Can't I say? LGBTQ? Yeah, that's right. LGBTQ? LGBTQ? T comes before. The T, yeah. yeah. So I started thinking of themed movies with that presence can you guys think of any be honest um not really horror per se no it's got to be horror yeah yeah and that's kind of a sad thing right if we can't think of one right off the bat that's what i was because i could think of thousands of straight ones right yeah <laughs> right oh oh nightmare on elm street 2 sure which but, 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 but that's it's not prevalent it's not prevalent okay. it's hidden it's, it's very like well that's to be argued but uh, yeah i'm talking about like this is Proudly, yes, 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 yes. LGBTQ themed, right? So there is one that seems to among the community seems to always kind of like get rumble about, and it's called Hellbent. Have you guys ever heard of Hellbent? Never heard of it. No. It is like the first queer slasher, or not the first, but is like a very well known slasher, directed by first timer Paul Etheridge. Brandon, you'll like this because it opens on Halloween Eve. Yes. So it could be one of our new Halloween movies. Yeah, I do like a Halloween movie. So what really kind of like interested me about this, and I think we should all watch this this week, because supposedly there's a very memorable eye trauma scene, and I know Melanie's going to like that. I love eye trauma. And this kind of feeds into (laughs) our uh, theme today for our top three, right? Yeah. Our body horror. Yeah. So that'll be, I think, you know... I think we should all sit down and watch this. Uh, so, unfortunately, there's a couple things about this. So, anyone who's seen this film notes that it's a very, very white cast. I think I think it's an all-white cast. Mm. And the director said they had a really hard time uh, getting any non-white actors to audition for the roles, and that's the fi- that's why they, they had none. And he noted previous he had purely mentioned in some interview that they even had like an entire casting day set aside specifically for non-white actors with like 30 performers meant to audition and not one of them showed up. 
So this is one of those like take it with a grain of salt type things where um, it's entirely possible that it's true, but how hard did they really type try? So it's gotten a little bit of flack for that. However, it, it's it kind of holds up because it's one of those like, oh, this is like proudly open and gay and, and all that. Um, another interesting fact about it was like apparently it's uh, the music is really good in it. And it's got it features music that's like of the genre queer core punk. Have you guys heard about this? No, sounds yeah, cool me though. neither. I haven't heard about it either. the The only thing that the first thing that pops into my head is a band called Hunks and His Punk, which Hunks and His Punks, and I bet this is part of that scene. But I, oh, I love that maybe band. Blood Brothers too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so I guess the guy that was directing this was um, researching like music for this, and he wanted it to definitely be um, in in the queer. Uh, genre mm-hmm. and he found a band called nickname and the normals and he reached out to them to see if they were interested in working on the score and i guess the lead guy nick nickname <laughs> himself uh he used to work as an amber carbery fish model and i guess he was um casted as the is the main like psycho slasher dude in this that store well. smelled so bad all the time made my head hurt what store Amber Crombie? Oh, oh yes, yes. Well, Sorry, perfume, that is the that's a side note there. <laughs> so so anyway, I, I started doing a little bit more research, and I was trying to find m- more movies than just this. And, and some of them, like on these lists, are a stretch. Like somebody listed Psycho because Norman Bates dresses up as a woman. And I was like, that doesn't count to me. That doesn't no. count. You know, that's not like something. Yeah, are you going to say Sleepaway can't? No, because <laughs> he's not even, even cross-dressing. He thinks he's his mother. Right, it's yeah. like a different personality, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not like... Like doing it because that's what he likes to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I did think of one uh, raw. Oh, she, is she? A, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, isn't there? Yeah, she she She's, has a girlfriend in yeah. raw. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, raw's but, a good one too. So there's also like a midnight kiss. Um, I guess Blumhouse did one called Into the Dark, uh, which is a series. And yeah, yeah, Into the Dark is a series. And I guess it's good movies. to note, note that um, it chapter two kind of had. Uh, they made the character uh, homosexual. In the beginning, the beginning had that that rough scene to watch. Yeah, and but they also like you know like there was a character that uh, homosexuals could relate with, right? Because that's the important part about this is everybody wants something to relate to on the screen, and it feels like not fair when an entire like group is left out. Of course, you know so. Even though, like, I guess there's a lot of people that didn't think that It Chapter 2 did it well. The fact that they even thought to, like, make one of the characters gay is kind of cool to me. Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, the beginning of that movie was a really strong statement. That's true. And a lot of people, I knew some people that found it um, maybe in bad taste. However, um, this was based on an experience the writer actually had with one of his gay friends. And it's... It shows you how ugly hate is. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. And it was in the book. It's in the... Yeah. You know? Um, and I think he, he wasn't trying to be distasteful. I think he was just trying to show, like right. you said. Yeah. And when you see the people that are bullying the yeah, gays... They're, they're not, like, they're ugly, painted. Yeah. They're not painted. And they're not night. cool. Yeah. It's not like you're like, oh, yeah, that looks cool to do. Oh, those kids <laughs> look cool. No, it's like they're ugly and disgusting people. And on the other side, the homosexuals are these like very beautiful, yeah. like and, and awesome sweet. people. Yeah, and sweet and stand up for themselves and like and interesting, immediately interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. And I and I think it's important too to like have that kind of like especially in these big feature films, um, 
like have a statement be made at the first and just like, hey, everybody kind of be reminded that this is a thing and this is how ugly it can get and this is why we shouldn't do it, you know? like Yeah, so like what I was thinking for the, the people that told me that they didn't like that scene, it's like, if you already know that exists and you don't have that hate in you, then it's not for us. Right, right. You know, it's and it's hard no, to watch. No, it was hard to watch. Yeah. It was hard to watch, but I, but I it's got not, it. It's for the people that are ignorant to it right. that need to see how far hate right. can go. Right. So anyway, anyway, I, I urge everybody to kind of like do a little bit of research and, and I think there needs to be a push. I think there needs to be push for, and cause it seems like Hellbent is just kind of like popular because it might be one of the only ones out there. Yeah. Um, I would love, I would love to see a, a movie that's like well-written, well-funded and, and featuring the LGBTQ community. If I we could ever sh- yeah. say that right. We shouldn't leave anybody out. Nobody should be left out of anything. I don't think. Except for bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Sterilize them and put them on an island. <laughs> All right. So up next will be our spotlight on zombie. Yeah, we all sat down and watched together. Luciol Fulci, Luciol Fulci's zombie two masterpiece. <laughs> okay, so it's um, a 1979 Italian zombie film. Um, like you said, it was directed by Luciol Fulci. If I said Ciel that right. Fulci. Um, it was adapted from an original screenplay by I can't say this name. Dardano Sacchetti Dardano to Sacchetti. serve as a sequel to George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Um, it has some pretty awesome scenes as far as, uh, you know, zombie versus shark. You can't say that. Some iconic scenes, would iconic you say? Iconic scenes, yeah. Um, eyeball trauma. Yeah, hey, <laughs> we were just talking about that. Uh, bad dubbing, naked scuba diving for... You know, oh yeah, hot blooded Mel's out there. <laughs> Josh like wanted us to rewind that so many times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watching it three times with you guys was not enough. <laughs> um, it uh, tells the story of a Caribbean Caribbean island cursed by voodoo, whose dead residents rise as zombies to attack the living. Um, a scientist's daughter's journeys to the island after her father's boat turns up abandoned in New York City, intended by its writer as a return to classic zombie tales. Zombie 2 was filmed in Italy with further locations shooting in New York and Santo Domingo. Oh, that's right. It was filmed a little yeah. bit in New York. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So it did pretty well, and he was going to do Zombie um, 3, but he got sick, Lucio Ficelli, and someone else had to take over. And then I believe Zombie Three was pretty awful. Was there? It was, was there? It's actually called Zombie Three. It was called Zombie Three, and it did it did come out. And I do believe it it starred a porn star. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, the thing about the, some a lot of these Italian um, movies is they will try to kind of piggyback off of other movies successful movies and that was the case with because dawn of the dead was released as zombie in italy so they were gonna do just a zombie two so 
Just to get people in. Yeah. But yeah. it did. No, they did also did that well with it, House it, as well, because they did a House and a House 2, and then there's an Italian House 3 and 4. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing with Zombie is it actually did well. And did it, it did. Well in America? It did well. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I don't know about box office wise. Yeah. I don't. I, but I think it has a cult. It well, I don't think it definitely has a cult following. But I don't think it did well as far as that goes, no. So I'm going to be honest. This is one of those ones where, as a horror fan, I feel like I, like, you kind of have to appreciate it. Like, there's these, especially because it does, like, it has amazing, like, zombie kill scenes in it and just, like, effects and stuff in it. And it's really fun in that sense. But I can't get on board with it, man. I get so bored watching this one. Well, and we did, see, when we were all watching it, we were all distracted, right? We were all yeah. playing, reading books, doing other things. Um, but this isn't the first time I've tried to, like, sit down no. and watch it and be interested like every time i think i've sat down and watched it and i think this is my third time now i'm just like oh god be over already <laughs> or think, just get to the yeah. good scenes just get to the zombie kills i just think if you watch it in the sense like of just going in to have fun it, don't yeah. take it too seriously but even then like that's um, what i'm saying i like i get those types of movies too where yeah. i'm like i could just have so much fun watching it this doesn't work for me, man. I can't even like make fun of it properly. <laughs> I don't know. It works for me. I think yeah. this is not one to watch with a group. I think it's one to watch by yourself. The yeah. first time I watched this movie, I was alone and I watched it and I soaked it in. And yes, there's some slow parts and there's some kind of kookiness to it. But, uh, but overall, I really like the zombies in it. I, I did, think there's I some really cool zombies in it and there's some really cool scenes. That eye gouging scene, I think, is in almost every single one of yeah, yeah, it is. Fulci movies, but the shark scene—I mean, that's pretty amazing yeah. no, that they pulled that off. And that's off, why I say, like, know? if I could just have clips of all the zombie stuff, I'd be fine. I don't need to see. I'm any. sure somebody has uh, compiled those. Yeah, on I would YouTube. hope so. Yeah. When I first saw this, we rented it from Top Hat, and I was by myself. And I really—I don't know why, but I took to it. Just yeah. the, the way the zombies looked. Um, I'm not saying it's good because I know it's not good. Like, well, for that time, though, you have to respect the um, yeah, special effects. Yeah. yeah, The practical effects were pretty amazing. Yeah. Even and I don't think it's um, Fulci's best movie. It's not my favorite of his. No. My favorite is City of the Living Dead, hands down. But it's still there's still something you gotta give something it props. about it. Yeah. yeah. You have and to that, give it props. That zombie versus shark scene, the fact that cgi wasn't invented yet i mean they not to the scale that it is today and they couldn't make a prop shark look real enough so they just sedated an actual tiger shark and had the trainer dress up like a zombie and fight with this shark and take a chunk out of it and eat it not he didn't actually eat the shark no no sharks were harmed just the shark felt a little funny for a while yeah but i mean that's to me that's pretty you know that's pretty uh, amazing, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, a, it is. Um, so they handed out barf bags when this was released. Airline what? barf bags were handed out to theater moviegoers due to the unusually high amount of violence and gore for the horror film at the time. That seems like a, a gimmick yeah. to yeah, hype it up. Yeah, yeah you know. for sure. You're, you're going to need this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to vomit during this movie. Yeah. So hard. And but 1979, this is pretty gory for that time. That's true. Yeah. You know, when Dawn of the Dead, the original one, came out, and I remember being a kid and watching that scene where the zombie takes a, a bite out of the, the lead, 
the lady's shoulder and that like terrified me and this has like seven of those scenes where the, like blood is gushing so so yeah i mean maybe I, I just think, like I said, you've got to give it its props. And by no means do I find, like, like I, I'm not going to go like watch this show over. And I will over be again. shocked yeah. in my life if I ever watch this movie again. Yeah. I, I, that being said, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. 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 I should I, note that uh, Fulci didn't know that the production company was going to try to make it a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Oh. He didn't know that. What were you going to say, Josh? Oh, um... I was just going to say that there were a lot of things I appreciated in this movie and that like there were some slow parts, but um, I just really appreciated the zombies, the practical effects, yeah. you know, the worms like coming out of that zombie's eye when he comes out of the ground. He's like all covered in dirt oh, and worms. Yeah. Like, I wonder if the worms were hurt. The no worms, worms were harmed, were harmed during no. making of this film. <laughs> but, uh... I don't know. They seem to like really, really care. They're like, okay, let's get a real shark. Let's like yeah. put worms in this guy's yeah. eye. Like it looks oh, yeah. like they were real worms. Like, yeah. I don't know oh, for sure. They, they seem like really committed to it. And I, I think that that commitment paid off. Um, it doesn't help. The bad dubbing doesn't help for me either. So, yeah. so the dubbing's there is because um, half the cast speak Italian, half the cast speak English. They get Italian actors and they get American actors. Um, Fulci does this a lot. In fact, a lot of um, a lot of Italian films in general do this a lot. Like Spaghetti Westerns did this and some uh, Giallo films. So they kind of have to, or else half the movie would be in Italian, half the movie would be in English. And they're, most of them are, this in particular, is supposed to take place in America. So it'd be kind of funny if they switch back and forth. Uh, so it makes sense why they 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 would dub it, but yeah. Do you want to rate it? Yeah, that was Let's short. This was a short one. <laughs> Let's rate it. I'm gonna go four, or I'm gonna give it a solid seven, six. I'm going six two, and it would be higher if it was if this wasn't the third time I watched it. <laughs> The first time it really took me in and I was like, okay, I get, I get why it's a cult following. And the third time, um, I'm like, yeah, I'm good on this. I get why it's a cult following. Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted everyone to see it. No, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should go and watch it. Yeah. If you're a horror fan, you need to see zombie. All right. And that was our spotlight on Lucio Fulci's zombie. Two? So up next is our top three body horror. Josh, what's body horror? Body horror is when you're, um, I guess it's when you guys pretty self-explanatory, bad. right? It's when <laughs> yeah. horrifying things happen to people's bodies. I just wanted to hear you explain. Yeah, it. I, I thought it was like looking in my mirror and fat shaming myself. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think body horror is the scariest horror genre for me. I hmm. think that's the one I fear the most. Like waking up and having like a weird growth <laughs> on my arm or something. Sure. You know, like that's, that's freaky. I have to agree. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's true. There's there's movies I watch and it just makes my stomach like like I get like a physical like like is cabin sickness. fever considered body horror because that yeah. freaks me yeah. out like a disease something like um, yeah maybe that's why it's so scary is because it could happen. 
Yeah. Yeah, you think about vampires or werewolves, you're like, well, it's not real. Or just somebody, like, torturing you and cutting, like, cutting yeah. limbs off gets to me, man. Oof. Yeah. I was told that Hostel and Though and them are not considered body horror, or when I was reading about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a stretch. I mean, you could call it splatter. You, you can call, call it, it torture porn. Torture porn. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. anything horrifying happening to the body is is good enough body for me. Horror. To sure. me, there's a distinct difference between torture and body horror, um, where like body horror is like unnatural stuff, like hap- okay. like more unexplained, or even uh, some yeah like supernatural yeah. stuff behind it or uh, abnormal. It's not it's, someone just like cutting you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's your body is doing something or that's unnatural. You're transformed, maybe. Yeah. You're transformed. Yeah, somebody like transforming your body yeah. is what gets to me. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, um, like maybe some of the hostile ones, it is just, it's not necessarily it's just anybody like, like. Yeah, transforming. They're just mutilated. Not like in, um, what was it, House of a Thousand Corpses when they make them into a, like a mermaid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Well, one of mine does not follow these things, but. I mean, like, you can define it how you want to define it. I'm not the... You just did. You just defined (laughs) it, so I don't know. Um, But, yeah, this was, like, usually when I'm preparing for my top three lists, I'm able to just, like, pump out vampire (laughs) movies or werewolf movies or, you know, like, ghost movies, psychological horror. I could watch all of that. But body horror, man, I'm like, oh, do I really want to watch another body horror movie? Like... (laughs) Um, and I, I found some that I really liked for my list, but, uh, it was like rough to get there because it's actually scary for me. I just, I think I'm desensitized. Yeah. I I think, I mean, if I saw any of this stuff in real life, it would, it would, it would mess me up. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but as far as like, if it's a, if it's a moving picture on, on a TV. Depends. I'm, uh. Depends for me. I've had stuff that. This is hard to watch. There's stuff that sticks with you, you yeah. know. I My think. favorite is when we have uh, our horror movie nights, which we haven't had for a long time, but there's about 10 of us total, and then sit around and watch these horror movies. And then everyone at the same time goes, oh! <laughs> <laughs> or I look over and I see somebody during a really gruesome scene <laughs> straight up covering their eyes like yeah. a child. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not making fun of them. I just like kind of like it. That's the experience that horror movies give you, yeah, right? right? Is that you can see everybody's reaction to it. Yeah. And we're a pretty vocal group. It's true. We'll yell and scream yeah. and cover our eyes and throw popcorn. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's get into it. Yeah. That being said, let's get it started. So my number three is directed by Kevin Smith. Yeah. Very interesting. Not really a horror guy when it, when it comes to it. But uh, it is Tusk. Came out in 2014. Um, it is about a podcast that goes and interviews people. I think it's called the Not C Party. Yeah. yeah. Um, N-O-T-S-E-E. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously it's a play on words uh, there. But... Uh, the premise of it is one of the guys in the podcast goes and sees crazy people and then explains it to the person that did not see the the crazy thing. It's kind of a kind of a cool concept for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. Um 
And I mean, like the characters in this podcast, they're obviously like they're kind of dirt bags. They're, right? Yeah, they're the dirt bags. They're the the, the edgy edge lords, almost like know? fart humor. Yeah, just yeah. like. And masturbation kind of, jokes, you know. I, I know I just said it was a, kind of a cool idea for a podcast, but not the way they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of preying on unfortunate people to kind of almost make fun of. Yeah. But it's, not almost, just to make fun yeah, of. Yeah, just to make fun yes. of. And it's addressed in there because the girlfriend does not like it at all. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the the guy gets his comeuppance. Yeah, that's he for sure. He kind of gets turned <laughs> yeah. into a walrus. I don't know that he deserves that much. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those ones I talked about that, like, I don't know what this movie, like, but it does, like, those scenes where he's basically just being mutilated and transformed, like, uh, makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Like, sick. And then that first reveal, oh, my God. Uh, I, I don't know why I, I laughed a lot watching this movie. Yeah. And when I saw this person look like a walrus and i mean it's a pretty believable person <laughs> yeah. walrus like they did a good job i did um, i just couldn't stop laughing because of how like horrifying it's it defense mechanism it's, yeah man. It it's is. like that happens with some like when you're when it's basically like your brain can't process the heredity of it all and so you just start laughing like uncontrollably oh, yeah it's the nervous laughter I, it right? was we did that at the theater yeah right? we did we were, yeah it, it was it was rough that first yeah. reveal of him as a walrus Dude, the first you reveal can't. of his leg chopped off oh, yeah. makes me sick yeah. to my stomach. Oh, yeah. But then the brown recluse thing, like, it's just like... Well, it's got this, like, forth. beautiful mix of, like, yeah. comedy and horror in it. That's for sure. And yeah. Michael Parks, man. Michael Rest Parks in peace. Is, yeah, Michael Parks was an dead? amazing actor. Unfortunately, oh. he is. But, he, man, did he get some... He got some... He shined really bright before he went out. That's true. In and this, thanks to Kevin and, Smith. And uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Red State. Yeah, thanks to Kevin Smith. He really yeah. brought him back on the map, man. He, he had some small roles in uh, some Tarantino film, films, too. Sure, but from this, guy needed, this guy needed these starring he roles. He needed the spotlight on him. You know, because he was amazing. Because yeah. he goes toe-to-toe with character acting with Johnny Depp in a scene, and he out-acts he, he out yeah. him, like, without a doubt. Oh, definitely. And, you know, there's this... There's this beauty to this movie too, because like, just when you think it can't get like much deeper, you like you hear this horrifying as he's like transforming the dude, like oh, it's just it's amazing because there's this like coinciding story with this horrible th- horrible thing happening, and he, Michael Parks is like revealing like what happened to him as a child as he's turning a guy into a walrus, and so you're like one like begets the other, right? Like yeah, as he's doing the thing that is like so horrifying, like you find out why he's kind of all fucked up and doing yeah. that thing, yeah. and it's just like what a what like a poetic scene, man. Like for sure. And it's really like well done where you're seeing like these and it's kind of ridiculous and funny in its own way too. You're seeing these like um anatomical drawings of like a person walrus, right? Like he's yeah. like basically mapped it all out like a biologist or a, like it's yeah. it's really interesting. It's a uh, I I really liked the movie and it was based on something they came up with during a podcast, right? Kevin Smith yeah, was doing yes. a podcast so yeah, so it's called Smodcast. It's it's Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier produced a lot of Kevin Smith's films, and they have a podcast called Smodcast. And they were just uh, they so they were reading this um, oh, what do you call it like a, a classified in a Canadian paper, and it was this guy saying that he had this like um, this very special moment with a walrus, and he wants somebody to move in with him and dress like a walrus for a few hours during the day. You get free room and board by doing it. And they started speculating on like, this sounds creepy. And what if, and 
they go into it. I remember listening to this podcast when it aired and then hearing everything. At the end of the podcast, he's like, this should be a movie, man. That's it. And he hashtagged it. He's like, all right, everybody that wants to see the movie, put hashtag yes, walrus or walrus. Yes. If you don't hashtag walrus, no, it was unanimous, man. It was like everybody said walrus. Yes. Except for one person said walrus. No. And then he commented, nobody was saying no. So I just did it, but I want to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he made it based on this podcast and based on the audience, like telling him, yeah, we want to see this. And you know, this got me excited for the trilogy that was supposed to be yeah, the great, are they still great doing white that? north trilogy. So they came out with um, yoga hosers, yoga hosers, and it was like it killed it or what? Oh, god, it was so bad. So, was yoga hosers supposed to be part of the trilogy? Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, and it's based off the two convenient cl- convenience store clerks that are in Tusk, uh, the which two is girls. Kevin Smith's daughter and, and Johnny Depp's daughter. So they're right. not going to make the third one, is and it? no, that's there's plans to make the third one, Moose which Jaws. is Moose Jaws, and I'll still go see it. Yeah. yeah, but they so they t- the big problem with like a and this is kind of getting off topic, but the big problem with yoga hosers was they took all of like the criticism from Tusk because Tusk was not like super well received. I personally loved it, but some people were like Johnny Depp's character ruined it for me, and I don't think Johnny Depp's character was that bad. Now no, is it I over the either. top? Maybe, yeah. but it's not like it's movie supposed ruining. To be, I don't so know. anyway, they yeah, said I mean, like it's he a had comic a, relief. Right? Well, they said he had like a bad mole. So in like yoga hosers, like they make his character even more over the top, and his mole moves around his face all the time and it's it's basically just like here's a movie for our daughters and it's it was so the cgi was like laughably well, he was bad. trying to make a teenage movie and yeah. he's almost in his 50s so oh it was bad it was or bad. is in his 50s but i think but Moose that Jazz doesn't mean i'm not gonna go see Moose yeah, Jazz. Moose Jazz i'll, I'll go see Moose cool. Jazz, but I, I never i won't go see you I, I just think choosing to make th- those two girls the stars too is, it was a bad idea because if you see their part in tusk you're like there's not a movie there no there's not <laughs> Yeah, right. so, yeah, that's my number three, uh, Tusk. Good pick, good pick. My number three is American Mary. It came out in 2012, in which the, the the world didn't end. Oh. Right? Yeah, it was supposed to. Was it? Was supposed it? to. How yeah. do we know? 2013, remember? Oh, it was supposed yeah. to be the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> 2012, according to the Mayan calendar. That's right, yeah. that was right. Anyway, the Solska sisters did this film. And, ah, oh man, I like it. I uh, This was the first Solska Sisters movie I've seen, and I was kind of reluctant. Um, they also made Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and I just watched a preview for it. Uh, but I, uh, okay, so the premise is this girl's going into, like, medical school, trying to be a surgeon. And she gets brutalized, molested. And so she takes this guy and starts experimenting on him like practicing on him plastic surgery type removing limbs and whatnot at the same time she's running this kind of black market plastic surgery thing so people go to her when um plastic surgery people will turn them down because what they want to do is so outlandish like one girl wants to be turned into a, a doll so she wants her nipples removed she wants all kinds of stuff done to her face she wants her vagina covered up completely Ooh, and that comes around. I don't want to spoil it, but that comes around. All right. But it is so gruesome how she's mutilating these people, but you can't feel bad for them because, like, they're horrible people that molested her. Yeah. No, so she it's gets a little this... bit woman powery in that way. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I remember when I watched this, I was, I was kind of like rooting for her when she was fucking those people up, man. No, she's, yeah, she's an antagonist for us. I mean, she's a protagonist for us and an antagonist for yeah 
people that have done her wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, it's it's one of those kind of things. It's just like somebody being pushed too far, you yeah. know? I think it's done really well, and I enjoy this movie, and I think it's very rewatchable, and that's why it's on my list at number three, American Mary. My number three is Martyrs, the 2008 version, the original French-Canadian, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, written and directed by Pascal Logier. I think I said that right. I'm not sure, though. So this movie really kind of takes you by shock in every way, shape, or form. It, even in, like, the beginning, like, you really think it's you're following this one girl's story, and she claimed that she was, like, tortured as a young girl, and she has this friend, and they, she says, like, I know who did it to me. I want to go back and get revenge. So it starts as this, like, revenge movie. They go back, and this this girl just goes and, like, obliterates the family, this ch- the children, the parents, and everything. And it's really horrifying, and you don't know... If she's right or wrong at this point, you're like, oh, my God, I think she just, like, killed the whole family. I can't believe she's killing the kids. And you're kind of in shock, and you're with this other character who's just like, I get Like, she's, like, horrified that her friend just did this. And she kind of takes, like, the family's side to the point where she, like, the mom is still alive, and she's trying to help her, right? Well, eventually, I think her friend offs herself or whatever. And, and then this girl's, like, left to, like, clean up this horrific scene, and she stumbles upon, like, this torture layer and she finds this like a uh, girl down there with this metal thing like nailed to her face and uh just completely like fucked up like body wise and then of course you you go you now are following this girl and and basically the idea is, is this group of people like torture these women thinking that um if they torture them to a certain point and it's only certain women who have this gift of i don't know pain or endurance that eventually see, like, God or something. Yeah, they become enlightened. Right. Yeah, they transcend their pain. Right. right. And it's like a glimpse into the afterlife or something. It doesn't end well for anybody. There's no happy ending here. Yeah. But, but, and it's a rough watch. However, I think an important one, maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's, it seemed, when we watched it, when we watched it as a group, about half of it, I remember I was downstairs and hearing it split people split the group, man. It split the group. I remember hearing people leave like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I feel like people were upset with the movie. Definitely. Yeah. Some people didn't come back for a while, right? But I it think, so. I don't know if that's why, but well, but it, it seemed like it was a little bit much. And it, well, it, it is. It's it is, a yeah. really hard watch. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's I got would, a very dark philosophy yes. right. behind the movie, And right? because there's no, like, good happy road at the end and there's just no coming back from nothing in this movie well you like this girl too a lot of course and then she goes through literally hell yeah like the worst thing ever hell that she'll never come back from yeah because usually in some of these movies there's like this thought that maybe they're gonna escape and then like no, and, no. and there, it's just no it's it's just the darkness like so i would never recommend this movie to anybody like i would i would say if you think you have a uh I don't know, small, your brittle spirit, stay away or even not even, I don't know if you're, if you're not into that kind of movie period, if it's like, if you're sensitive to it, I wouldn't, but any, but I think it's an interesting watch. That's a good point. I don't think I would recommend it to anybody because I did once and they were upset. This was years back. I was like, you guys got to see this. It was a couple. And, uh, and they're like, "Mm -mm, however you recommend it it. to me. And I was like, wow, (laughs) you know? So Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really well done. It's a beautifully done movie. Like for what it is, they couldn't have really done it better. They tried to. I believe they remade it. I never even saw that. But I, I they made an American version of it. Yeah, American remake. I, I didn't even care to see it. I kind of still want to try to go see it just to see their take on it. But um, if you don't like ambiguous endings, I would right. stay away too. That's yeah, true. Because this 
opened up like a huge hour debate. That's true. Uh, that Josh and I were were um, in not together. We're actually kind of on the same side on the debate, but right. basically it was just like, I don't want to give anything away, but it's a very ambiguous ending that's going to make you have a discussion You're about gonna what you You're going to be Googling what the hell just happened. <laughs> yeah, and, and you will not find answers. Well, you'll find some answers that... Well, that, you'll find speculation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You won't find the director no. ever saying what he meant by it. No. So um, it, also, I find that the first half of the movie is almost a completely different movie than the last half of the movie. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying in the beginning. Really it starts out like so differently and you, yeah, think, you well, think you're on this different ride. You think you're on a like a, a paranormal ride because right. the yeah. girl is being haunted by this demon thing. Right, right. And like, but it's her. Right. But that's ambiguous too, yeah. but that's how she kills herself. Right. Is this thing is following it's basically her. like a, a personality? Of I thought yeah. in the beginning she was crazy and she was killing these innocent people. Well, that's, right. and that's you what know? you're supposed to think. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's why I don't know. It, there's some horrific, horrific body horror in Martyrs, which is why it's my number three. All right, and my number three is Slither. It's uh, made in 2006. It's an American film. It's science fiction. Um, it's about a meteorite that crashes down and it has these little slugs that get into the, this man's body and he just slowly starts transforming into like a, a squid-like creature. Yeah. And he, he also transforms yeah, other people too. He impregnates a woman <laughs> and that's one of my favorite parts, I think. Um, these motherfuckers are tearing yeah. me apart. <laughs> This is James um, Gunn too. James yeah. Gunn, early yeah. James yeah, Gunn. Yeah, yeah so which means Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Which means it's funny. And it, it is funny. Is. It is. Yeah, funny. It's super funny. Oh, it's funny. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I think it's a more lighthearted show. So you know, you could recommend it to people. It's got a lot of. But that doesn't mean it, it's not taking itself seriously oh, as a, as a no, horror movie. No, no, it either. is. It is. When they like go into the barn and that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love the mayor in this, man. I think yeah, it's the mayor. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's, he's, he's kind of a douche, show. but at the same time, he's got some of the funniest lines. Like, I love when the things first, like, attack them. He's like, what kind of thing wants you to eat it? And just like, <laughs> I yeah, didn't think he, I at one point he gets all show. pissed off because he doesn't have Dr. Pepper or something. I can't remember. But And I remember, I think, I remember when we first went to see it, I was not expecting much. I was just No, we all went there. to the theater to see this. And I remember we yeah. came out and it was one of those movies you come out and we were just like, blah, 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 yeah, blah, 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 like just talking nonstop about it because it was just fun, <laughs> man. Fun. And at, to that point, like, we hadn't seen something like that no, in no. a while where it was just like pure, like comedy horror funness. So I remember yes. it felt like a big drought of horror yeah. movies before this came out. Cause I remember this and Shaun of the dead were like, I think they came out the same year. Did they? I think so. Um, I, and, and I remember just being like, Oh my gosh, finally when this movie came out, yeah. it's just like funny and horror and how a lot of style to it. I love how they're merging together in the end, how he's making the whole town kind of merge with his body. That's oh, a cool yeah, scene. Yeah. Yeah. This, this like came out two, two years after Shaun of the Dead came out. Oh, what was I thinking? Okay. But yeah, I remember not expecting much, but going out like, you know, being very yeah. pleasantly surprised. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And it's got some really fun like body horror. Like the, yeah. This is what Josh is talking about. Where this is some like abnormal shit happening yeah. to your body yeah and he's slowly sure. changing and it's <laughs> yeah. like it's horrifying yeah. it's yeah. horrifying and kind of funny it yeah. is kind of funny and in some of the scenes where like the people are merging together pretty gross and, and it's yeah. michael yeah. rucker 
Yeah, Michael and Rooker's he's, great. He's awesome, and that that's probably why we see him in Guardians probably, as well. Yeah. But he's an he's an awesome actor. Man. He really is, yeah. and this really shows it. To have to, you know, you don't think about that, but try to act like an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very easy. No, no, he does great in this. Yeah. I, I feel Neat. like that's a a really good pick for someone who is like getting into body horror. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, agreed. This is like it's a little lighthearted. It's yeah. lighthearted. It's still scary. It's yeah. still got some pretty freaky scenes, but it's you're not gonna get nightmares. <laughs> the giant lady yeah, in the yeah. barn. You can't get. Better oh, that's than so that, funny. Man. Yeah, I'm so fucking hungry. I'm so yeah. fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with me. <laughs> that was great. So that is Mountie's number three. Number three, Slither. Slither. My number two is Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Came out in 1989, and it is directed by Shinya Tsukamoto. Oh, is this uh, Tony Stark, and he, like, builds this machine and goes and fights evil? (laughs) Yeah. No. No. So, this... Robert Downey Jr.? (laughs) It's a very strange movie. Um... Before I describe it, I thought I'd read a tagline that I saw on a poster. Just said, David Lynch meets Cronenberg. Oh, man. Um, so, like, super gruesome and then, like, confusing. You have no, you have no fucking idea really what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get, like, a, a pretty basic idea. Basically, the movie starts out with a metal fetishist. Um, oh, He likes metal. and uh, he Not likes the music. No, not the music, just metal <laughs> the in material. general. Iron, you know? Um, and he cuts his leg open and sticks a metal rod in oh. into his leg because he, he's just into metal. Yeah, oh. he wants it inside of him. I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah you erotic. understand. Yeah, Brandon. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just stick it up his butthole? So uh, a, a little while later, he looks down and there's like maggots in, uh. in the wound and he uh. starts freaking out and runs. And he just keeps running, and then he gets hit by a car, and uh, it's a hit and run. He allegedly, or apparently, like dies. And then the roll credits of the movie's yeah. over. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he then haunts the person that killed him, and this is where it gets like really David Lynchy because so he like ghosts, ghost haunts him. Yeah, like he well. He has metal fetishist powers. Um, (laughs) And so he starts, like, the next morning he's shaving, and he has this, like, weird pimple, and there's, like, some metal growing out of his face. Is this the guy that hit the guy? Yeah, the guy that hit hit and run, and he, like, can't shave it off, and, like, blood explodes everywhere when he pokes it. And then, uh, like, he just slowly keeps growing metal on him, and he, like, fights, like, these metal ghosts and stuff (laughs) Um, so the like haunting part is like really horrific because he's just really confused um there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie because he's just like trying to run away from it all yeah like he's uh sitting by someone um at like a bus stop or the subway and it's just this lady and she gets like a metal hand and starts chasing him and like trying to attack him and he's i don't know it's a it's a pretty crazy movie um the last quarter of it isn't very horror-y because the guy that 
got killed in the car accident comes back and he's all metal too. And what? the guy's like full metal man at this point. And they fight. Um, and then they recognize themselves in each other. They fall in love. <laughs> they merge into one being. And then they decide to take over the world. Oh my God. Yeah, that's wow. awesome. And that's turn awesome. it into metal. It's <laughs> I would say... It's the definition of originality. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty out there, um, but I think it's it's really well done. The horror elements are like pretty crazy, and then that ending, you're just like sitting down. Like, I want a love story, a ghost story, a body horror story, and a <laughs> um, the body horror in this movie is like genuinely terrifying, and uh, you kind of relate to them. You're like, man, that would be. Pretty freaky, you know, yeah, just like metal yeah. metal, yeah. Like <laughs> unless it gave you like superpowers, but yeah, if, unless you know, but just metal. Yeah, you, it be like upsetting. his feet become like these jet boosters, and like they push him around the city. Like he can't even control where he's going. Oh, at, like Jesus! Because it's, is this done by the same director that did uh, the Meatball Machine? Um, it. I don't think. So. I don't think so. Okay. But the ending gave me very big meatball machine vibes. Yeah, just the whole like, thing to me sounds meatball like machine. Yeah, it's meatball like kind of the same genre where I it's like a monster fight, but like a, a person-sized um, monster. That's not an that's not on anybody's list, is it? No, I should. No. I wanted. I meatball machine. Put, no, I was thinking of putting to, it on until I, I saw this Josh movie. Okay. But I, I've seen them both, and I liked. I I was a long, long time ago, but I really loved both films. I have to say. Yeah, I've seen the cover of this movie um, several times. I, I should I should watch it. I, I was like, when you said David Lynch meets Cronenberg, I was like, oh, I don't know. But and then your des description makes me think I have to watch this. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one, and it's short. It's like less than an hour and a half. Okay. Um, so it, it's not taking up a lot of your time. It's no four hour nightmare <laughs> comedy, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's my number two. Sorry, uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. All right, my number two breaks Josh's rules, but it is Hostile Two, and the reason why I picked number two is because I like the second one better than the first one. I know that's not uh, typical, but the first one it just seems like a party movie the whole time. The horrors at the end, and and that's like the effect of the of the movie is like. You know, you, you get comfortable in this movie and then, bow you're hit with this. But the second one goes into this organization and you get to see the killers, like, buy their victims, bid for them, get them. And you see the victims and it's following both the killers and the victims. And there's this spectacular twist at the end, which I won't give away in this because if you haven't seen it, it's really big part of the movie. But you're seeing quite a bit of, of torture in every room. It takes you into several rooms, and they're just like every person has their own kind of way of, of, of killing them. And it's almost like this really disturbing ride because you're like going into this room and seeing this horrific attraction almost, and then the next room and the next room and the next room, and then the final rooms are, are the characters you've been following. Uh, that sounds atrocious, but... Uh, I think it's really well done, and and Eli Roth has uh, has this really dark, twisted, comedic sense to his movies, and I think it comes through really well in this movie. There's a lot of funny scenes in it, including soccer with kids done with a severed head. That's always fun. Yeah, they did have some fun kills in this. Yeah. 
Oh, and <laughs> we were watching this downstairs at Lindsay's dad's basement. Me, Lindsay, and Melanie, actually. And their stepmother came down, who's an awesome lady. But she's religious and doesn't like this sort of thing. And she came down in the worst time possible. <laughs> it's always With the, the naked chicks hanging yeah, up over her. Down. Yeah. Like slicing her to bits. <laughs> this girl is getting like blood bathed from this. I forgot this, about that. Uh, blood shower. Titties hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Blood and gushing She came down. down to tell us to turn it down a little bit and gets to see this. <laughs> and then Lindsay tells me to apologize. Brandon, you should apologize to Beth. <laughs> Did I really say that? Yeah. And I was, was like, I I didn't, yeah, probably. Oh. I said, like, I didn't make this movie. <laughs> but that will always be a good memory for this movie. But yeah, it's my number two, Hostel 2. Oh, I didn't even do that on purpose. But yeah, two and <laughs> there two. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> my cool. number two is a movie we watched a lot as kids, Hellraiser, 1987, written and directed by Clive Barker. This was also based off his uh, novella, The Hellbound Heart, which I never realized until just now. A lot of his movies are based on his own books. So this movie starts with a guy who's like solving a puzzle box. Um, he's like some kind of pleasure seeker and apparently he's all Pandora's box. Yeah. And uh, it opens a door to another dimension and it releases the, what are they called? Hell. The Cenobites. Yeah. It releases the Cenobites and they rip him to bits with chains. With chains. How, Sorry, I'm trying to. <laughs> however, he's not dead. Um, so even though he's in pieces, he's, he's, he's alive. And so then his brother, this guy's brother and family move in. And somehow, like, a drop of blood uh, gets in the room, and it, like, somehow makes him... Now, this is the scene that I really remember, because I haven't seen this movie for a long time. This is the scene where I really remember where this drop of blood, and all of a sudden, this this body starts to, like, form from it. And, man, if you haven't... I was watching it today, because I was like, I I totally remember that scene. I want to see it again. And it totally holds up. It's really cool, and really creepy, and gory-ish, and... Oh, man. But that's not, like, I think, I believe you see a, a lot of other body horror here. I, now, I can't remember. Is the first one you actually see how Pinhead becomes Pinhead? You have to, right? The or, first? No. Or maybe that's later no. on. Mm-mm. But anyway, even if you just look at the Cenobites and stuff in this movie, like, there's some insane creations of body horror. And yeah, well, he's, like, he's trying to complete his body by sending that girl out to get, to lure uh, guys to right, his house there's, there's got to be like sacrifices kill and, yeah and, and get parts of his body back and there's right. one scene where he comes out just completely skinless yeah yeah and he's just like muscle it's really cool man and yeah. the, the effects are really awesome and and i mean there's there's obviously it, it hit big because there's like a whole bunch of them but if you haven't if you haven't checked out hellraiser and I, and i think that this is one we need to probably bring to the the horror movie nights one of these nights um because it's important. It's an important movie in horror history. Yeah, definitely. Hellraiser. Yeah, and I remember liking a lot of the sequels, too. Yeah, I, I did, too. I think it's, it's one of those things that's just fun, and it's like yeah. Phantasm. Where I like Pinhead a lot. He's a, he's a cool um, horror icon, yeah. I think. And again, you, you you uncover more about each Cenobite, I think, as the series, as the films go along, but maybe... maybe There was an MTV Music Awards where Pinhead was, like, greeting guests outside. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, like, one of the newer uh, sequels had come out. Do you remember that? I don't. Yeah, he was like in full pinhead gear and like he was just like walking around, not really talking, just scaring people. It's kind of a cool moment in MTV history. So yeah, I think it, it totally fits the body horror genre. So and it's and it's not like it's not like a torture movie or anything. It's kind of just a fun watch in a way. Yeah. Hellraiser, that's my number two. All right, so my number two is The Human Centipede. It was made in two thousand nine. It's a Dutch horror film. Um, it is about a, a German 
scientist who kind of goes crazy and he turns three unsuspecting tourists into a centipede <laughs> by sewing their mouth to their ass. Butthole to mouth. <laughs> yeah, butthole to ass mouth. Ass to mouth. <laughs> this has been one I could, I've, I haven't been able to watch you, yet. You have it's to see this. It's so it's, gross. Yeah. It is really gross. I it's would good. Say it's good though. It, I think it's a it, good movie. It takes itself seriously it for what does, it is. Yeah. Now, I can't say that about the next ones because I think I remember watching the second no. one. I'm like, this is awful. I can't I, remember if it was part two or three where they turned like, like a hundred people. Yeah, yeah like whole, a whole prison. prison. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like a pregnant lady in there and she eventually has a baby and then squishes his head in the in a car, like no, squishes I her own baby's head and like brains come out. And I'm like, it's too much, man. It's just like trying yeah. to be gross. The first one was perfect. It no, was yeah. very it was like tasteful. it was horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how how further can you go from that? You know? Yeah. Like, how yeah. further horrifying. It, that's why they shouldn't have made a sequel. But no. To it. He came up with the idea partly because they were joking around about like pedophiles and, and he said, Well they, they should You know, so, just some good jokes about pedophiles. Yeah, they said well, we should punish them by sewing their mouths to like a big fat trucker's asshole. Oh, is I, agree oh that. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So then he kind of came up Feel with this idea. But when he was pitching for money for to get this movie made, he did not tell the people that were giving him money that, that gonna he was going to sew mouth. asshole butt to mouth. Yeah, so they kind of found out later, which I think is interesting. But, but I mean, it had to have made his money back, right? No, it, it did. It, it, it did really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to the point where South Park parodied it. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Even the South Park episode, I have a hard time watching. <laughs> like, it's such a horrifying yeah. concept that even it when really you're like is. just trying be jokes i'm like it, like the whole shit into the and mouth the ending, of like but the ending is horrible everything about that movie was like really horrible where yeah. would you guys want to be in the centipede i would um, want to be at, like the, the, top. In the front yeah my, yeah. my yeah. mouth not on someone's Obviously. asshole no i want to be yeah. in the middle <laughs> you know, no, if i'm gonna go through this and live i'm gonna be like i ate shit and shit in somebody's <laughs> mouth <laughs> So what? Br cut. Well, Bring it, world. And the guy in front would always apologize when he had to go to the bathroom. He'd be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, and then he'd so shit in their South mouth. Park. <laughs> South Park makes the joke where the guy offers him like vanilla paste or cuttlefish uh, and the guy always eats cuttlefish. <laughs> Should I eat a vanilla awful. paste or cuttlefish? And they're like trying to say vanilla paste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this show is just worth a watch at least once. I can't you remember who it. dies. Yeah. All of them except all of them for the except middle person. person. All of them or is it the end person? No, I can't it's, remember. It's the middle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. And mm -hmm. I would live. And however, I feel like if someone just stitched your mouth to a butthole, as painful as it might be. You should be able to just tear the stitches, tear right? <laughs> well, he yeah. was like kind of on him at all times, like with the whip, and oh, he was like, true. "Yeah, true. they had to be in cages." Maybe I'll, I'll watch this movie and you have to watch it. It's, make, it's, make yeah, me, it's making it's making me like grit my teeth just thinking about it. It's I want I'd like to hear Josh's thoughts on it. So, yeah, <laughs> it might be a good like when our friends finally come back to the. I the am. Group. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna make them watch it because they talked me out of it, but I'm like, no, this is what I'm gonna pick for my movie. <laughs> hey man if you want to if you want to be a horror fan you got to endure it all yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't, i remember there was a there was a panel and i'm not going to call it the panel or where it was but it was a horror panel and there was a guy that just dismissed torture porn completely he's like i don't want it i don't even want to talk about it take no questions about it just he like wanted to pretend like it didn't exist and it's i understand sad. that that's hard for people to watch and it could be offensive but you can't just dismiss something no. because you can't handle it or you don't think it's right. Like, like, I mean, it's it's cinema. And there, there's some really good objective. torture movies. 
that. Like, I've, there is, yeah. 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 Like, even said I hate, I hate the word torture porn right. being put yeah. on. <laughs> I, I use it, it but it does. And like, I like some of these films, and not because I'm like jerking off to him <laughs> i don't jerk off to any horror movie except for human centipede except for human centipede so i'm like i'd be in the middle yeah and that's what that's what torture porn makes it sound like it's like yeah. i'm like i'm sexually it's, into it so yeah. that melted that but butthole. you watch so many horror movies and you kind of sometimes have to go extreme to be you do to have that feeling like melanie went towards uh, the the asian extreme movies and those are scary. And I, yeah. I, I went towards the the torture porn stuff because I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get shocked. Yeah, nothing's yeah. shocking me. Yeah, I want to be scared, you know. And sometimes those are when you've desensitized yourself to our level. You yeah, have to, you have to, you have to <laughs> constantly <laughs> kick it up. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. Human centipede. Yeah. All right, my number one is The Brood, David Cronenberg, uh, 1979. So I think this was on your psychological horror. Yeah, list, yeah. That, I was just trying to think what what I put. I put this on a on a, a previous list. Yeah, yeah. That's right. uh -huh. Do you know if it was it. number one? Was it? Was I'll it check. Up there? Go okay. ahead. Um. Yeah. So basically, a psychologist is treating these patients. He has them like in a secluded area where they can't get in contact uh, with their like families or anything. The main characters in this movie are a husband and wife. The wife is being treated by this doctor and the husband's like trying to get to her and figure out what's going on. Um, the psychologist has found like a new way to treat people where they go through their emotions and their traumas and it like physically manifests itself as like wounds and sores like on their body, and so they could like physically heal from it. All, all, yeah, also they're at the like same time emotionally, emotionally and, healing. Yeah, physically, you could see your healing through. happening, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of the idea about it. And it's it's pretty light when it comes to the body horror because I don't know. It's like a couple pimples. It looks <laughs> gross, but like it seems like it's helping these people. Mm -hmm. Right. If you uh, if you really look at it. But then I don't know the body horror at the end mm -hmm. when uh, the husband finally meets the wife uh, and you see these like the emotions are so strong with her that they're like becoming these like little people little that versions will, of her. Yeah, that will do her will. Oh, they what? like go out and they're like killing yeah. people. They kill people. Um, she doesn't like not yeah. not like as a she's not like puppeting him. No, no but she's like, like angry towards someone, so they're angry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't know the the final scene. He like walks into her room, and she like she takes her robe off, and there's like this growth coming mm. out of her stomach, it's and like it's like this little boil. child. Ugh. Yeah, and she I don't know she pulls it off, and she starts like licking it clean, mm -hmm. like almost like I, a cat. Yeah, would. like a cat. Yeah, like a dog. Um. But I don't know. I went to bed that night and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it, it stayed with me. And so that's why it's so high on my list is just because like 
Yeah. I felt like it lasted. Um, it worked. You know, I, guess, I thought right? I'd yeah. seen this, yeah. but I haven't, and I need to watch this. I haven't this. seen it either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was my number two on psychological horror, and I jerked off to this movie several times. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, it, it, it is it, to me. It is psychological because it's all. Yeah, know, it's I all would say that like it would fall in that yeah. category. But body as well. horror, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's um, a good one. It's a good movie. Cronenberg is great with his practical effects. He really is. Like, yeah. I would honorable. So he doesn't. Like, yeah, he doesn't do them, right? He's not. Or yeah, but, but like he he knows how to get the right people. He knows. Yeah, and and probably describe it right because yeah, he, I would say that he has a huge part in well, it because he's. I'm sure he's because, like. Well, if you remember, Jonathan Landis was like had a very specific idea for the werewolf that went right. he, that went against the special effects guys like idea Wishes, of what yeah. he wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. And and if you watch his movies like you said like all the practical effects is really good and has almost a signature to it yeah so you have to imagine his he's got at least his big toe yeah and so like a movie from 1979 you know making number one on the list because it looks the most real i I feel like that says something about absolutely i don't know um i know i made this list myself so i can't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh i i do think uh he had something like pretty special when it comes to making those movies uh like the fly or it's true even uh videodrome well, but the fact that yeah. you know rick and maury dedicated a whole episode to cronenberg yeah, world Cron- man cronenberg's <laughs> awesome and he's got a son brandon cronenberg fantastic name um who is like following his dad's footsteps he did like antiviral Things called antiviral. Oh, I should check out. Yeah, antiviral was on the body horror. Yeah, too. I'll have to check it yeah. out. It's like it's a really strange premise where they they sell celebrity diseases. Don't so say like it. this disease, like her, herpes of this celebrity, herpes came, of the Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, came straight from that person, and like it's like really popular thing. Isn't it star on one of the McCulkins? Does it? Uh, I don't remember. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, but yeah, that is why The Brood is my number one. Okay. I have four words for you guys. Severed genitalia keep away. The fly. That is a game that is played in this movie, which is my number one. Street Trash. Oh, I didn't 1987. Severed genital. Severed genitals. Okay, so the premise of this movie is this liquor store owner goes to his basement and he finds this 60 year old wine um it's called tenafly viper and he sells it for super cheap to the hobo community and they start drinking this and they and their bodies start melting away and one of the homeless person's genitalia comes off and two guys are playing keep away with it. <laughs> got your penis <laughs> <laughs> this is such body horror man it's 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 known it's in this like subgenre of a subgenre called body melt um and i'm sure the movie body melt is probably I'm in sure. that um and the incredible melting man probably but anyway uh street trash is really cool because like how many movies do you know that like go inside of the homeless community like this the protagonists in this in this movie are homeless people and you go inside these camps and kind of see how they live and horribly die, unfortunately. And there's like a kingpin like running them, and there's all kinds of stuff. King of the homeless. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a great movie, and it's got some really crazy over the top special effects. 
And the DVD transfer is fantastic on it in the Blu-ray. So anyway, that's why it's my number one street trash. So just just really quick in antiviral, there's not a McCulkin in it. It's the Caleb Landry drones. I don't know why he looks like a McCulkin to me, but he's the brother in Get Out, the creepy brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, okay, so anyway, my number one is Cabin Fever. <laughs> Written and directed by Eli Roth. Also written, though, I think it was co-written by um, Randy Newman. Pearlstein. Pearlstein. Close, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, So it's basically about a group of kids that go on vacation, and it's like your classic, like, you know, mix of some douchebags, some cool kids. uh, And one of them, one of the douchebags, like, accidentally goes out. Well, not accidentally goes out, but he goes out and accidentally shoots a dude. And this dude's, like, suffering from something. And they have this like, oh, we can't just leave him here. Let's bring him back. And so they bring him back. And it basically, it's like the onset of this flesh-eating virus that they all get. Um, I think this is a really interesting one because, well, first and foremost, like in, in the time of a pandemic, it's definitely worth a watch because it's very like, you know, like, oh, get him away from me. And it, and it kind of like, oh yeah. I think I think when, when you're in a pandemic and you already kind of feel that way, even going to the store, like you see someone coughing, you're like, what the fuck, get him away from me. You know, like uh, I think watching something like this, you could, it really makes you relate harder with the movie. For sure. And, um, but this has one of those classic scenes too, where the chick's like shaving her, her leg, one of the most, mm-hmm. and it's just like skin peeling off. Oh my, it's got some of the great like skin melts. You know what's it. crazy about that scene is that's just drawn on her leg. Really? Yeah. It's the, just a drawing. Like the special effects makeup artist drew the open wound. And oh, it looks wow. deep and it looks gross. And oh, then they yeah. have shaving cream over it. So then they just pull it that's off. pretty genius. Yeah. It looks really genius. good, but it's it's just a drawing. I think the scene that sticks with me is when he's finger banging her and yeah. it's her leg. <laughs> it's like yes. her open wound, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. yeah, which I've done before <laughs> to myself. So... So it's, there's another interesting part of this movie too, to me, where like you know, like the the people that are infected, like they kind of like they like they lock the girl in the shed or whatever. Oh yeah, and just kind of forget about her, and she's like melting into the mattress, like yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting, sick, and it kind of makes you think like what you would like. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't just like throw my friend into a shed and be like, ah, fuck it, I don't want to get it. Yeah, but um, I don't know what you do in that situation. I don't know what man. you would do, but you wouldn't throw your friend in a shed. Maybe a room, maybe, maybe a room yeah, and maybe lock it up. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, it, it's it's got some gruesome, but kind of awesome, and it's kind of a comedy too. Like, there's definitely comedic aspect. It's Eli Roth, it, right? yeah. yeah. And this is one of those first times I was actually exposed to like Eli Roth. I think Brandon introduced me to this movie, and I know Melanie had told me about it years before Brandon ever introduced it to me, and I. Uh, I kind of fell in love with Eli Roth after this. Like, it was just like, I wanted more of what he had to offer. And unfortunately, what was the last one he did about the cannibals? Uh, oh, what was it? Green, Green, Green Inferno. Inferno. Man, I was so excited. And there's it definitely was, some cool scenes. There's one cool scene. There's one cool scene, one, but some of yeah. them are pretty bad. And he just botched it. He botched yeah. it. It feels like a missed opportunity. He could have done so well. Yeah. However, I have not given up on Eli Roth. And I know no. he had a series out. Brandon, what was that? The Eli Roth's History of Horror and that was on really Shudder. Cool. It was really good. He sits down with like all, all like lots of different people. Stephen King, Rob Zombie, um, I think Tony Todd, if I remember correctly. And he interviews him. Um, but it's just like it will pick like genres. Right. And a whole episode will be about that genre and these people talking about it. But you could hear the isolated interviews with them on the podcast. So there's a there's a podcast also called Eli Roth's History of Horror. Yeah. But the whole thing, the podcast and, and, the, and the the documentary, 
I couldn't stop watching and listening to it. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. And and again, like I think like the the shaving the leg scene is like the iconic part of this movie. But check it out. It's why it's it's pretty effective and it's a really fun watch. It's all the body horror without. It's it doesn't feel like torture or anything either. So check out Cabin Fever, my number one. My number one is The Void. It's a Canadian film. Um, I think it has really cool practical effects. Um, I think the first opening scene is a girl running out, and um, she gets shot with a shotgun. And there's another a man with her who escapes, and he ends up in a hospital because the police find him. And then his body starts to morph into, like, a monster, and then it starts to turn everybody else around him into these creatures we um, saw this for a horror movie night, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Our friend Ryan, I believe, picked it. And and it was so good. Yeah. What's interesting is um, the creature effects were crowdfunded on Indiegogo, and re- they raised $82,510 cool, for the creatures. Man. Yeah. I want to fund a creature. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's awesome. Um, I really loved the practical effects. And this movie shocked me because when like, we were doing it in horror movie night, it was really negative. I was like, oh, this is going to suck, you know. But it really shocked me. It was really good. I don't know why I felt that same way. I was like, I don't know. I think because I I don't know how I missed it, but I didn't hear about it. And I guess I'm so pretentious that I'm like, if I haven't heard about it. It doesn't get a lot of it all. I, is, I sound like that too when I get pretentious. <laughs> oh, well, radar? No, it's not on my radar, so it's not good. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was such a pleasant surprise. It and was. It, it was a really good movie. Yeah. yeah, I think I think this was like unanimous in our group too. Everybody just loved it. It was great. Yeah. I don't think I don't yeah. think there was like yeah. one. Cheers! Person. We all stood up and applauded. Cried. The Some of us it. hugged. Yeah, we we hugged the person. Mostly who picked the dudes it. all hugged. He said, Thank yeah. you so much for showing me this film. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's why The Void is my uh, number one. So before we get into honorable mentions, um, so Green Inferno wasn't Eli Roth's last film. After that, he did Knock Knock, which I didn't oh, see. I didn't see, but I, I love Keanu Reeves, man. Yeah. Big Keanu Reeves fan as a person too. Like I've never met him, but you know, you read these stories about Keanu Reeves, how he's like a really good person. Anyway, um, so also he did Death Wish, which is a remake. Um, of the original Death Wish with Charles Bronson. This uses uh, Bruce Willis. I tried to watch it. I turned it off. Um, and he did The House with a Clock in Its Walls, hmm. which is with uh, Jack Black. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like a PG like, oh, okay. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is really strange for him. And then he just has uh, a director credit here with no date or anything at the very top called Borderlands. Yeah, that's in production. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so when but. I think of what I want to see from Eli Roth, it's just more like pure horror. You know, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to tell anybody what to do their, no, no, their no. career. But he should do that. Only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It'd no, it's nice uh, to see him come out with something. His good stuff and, is so yeah. good. He's he's such a fan. Like watching yeah. that that history of horror and listening to the podcast. Like he knows his stuff. Yes, I mean, he he, he he interviewed Quentin Tarantino, which is like uh, he's like IMDb. Tarantino, yeah. you know, or yeah. like Wikipedia film. Like it's crazy how how much stuff that dude knows. 
and he was able to sit down with him and geek out about horror movies with Tarantino and knew a lot of stuff he was talking about. So yeah. um, that's my favorite directors is fans. You know, there's yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of directors will just make a horror movie because they're like, I want to try this on well, or and, or because it's like maybe it's a cash well, grab. And, and that's why, like, silly. no matter what, yeah. even though I wasn't like purely like I, I had like way too high maybe of expectations for Green Inferno and that may, maybe because. But even though I didn't like it, like I, I would never give up on Eli Roth. I would never, like, no matter what he does, if it's going to be like a horror movie, I'm, I'm going to go see it. That movie also fell into production hell. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Like happened. distribution yeah. hell. It like I, I it almost went straight to video for a while. It was put on hold, I think, because the person of the company releasing it like retired and somebody else took over, and it was just like a nightmare. Yeah, so it, and didn't, it makes it you came wonder out. if that yeah. had an effect. Plus, too. they they yeah. added scenes, and I thought, oh. What, like scenes that I thought were bad ideas as far as him. I guess I don't want to give away too much, but he masturbates oh, in the yeah, middle that of was all so this. Weird yeah, to calm that, down. Wasn't, that wasn't supposed to be in there. And the guy did it and they're like, Oh yeah, let's keep it. And I was like, No, that's what that those a bad things decision. Yeah, yeah, they should have just That was no. one that kind of Again, ruined it for me. I, yeah. I any they're guy, in this, like, any horrific... dude masturbating, I don't want to see it, Ben. Yeah. Not well, and I just don't think it's appropriate. I don't <laughs> think anyone's gonna be masturbating in that no, situation. No, no, no. It was no. completely unrealistic. Yeah. They're like in a cage and horrific things are happening. Would be him. shriveled into a and he's like, I masturbate to like to like find my zen, basically. Yeah, it and was dumb, no, and no. it took you out, and it was just the people also weren't menacing to me. That I know he used like a tribe or whatever, but there were these little like innocent looking people, and I didn't like even. You need big giant cannibals. Well, like, you know, somebody <laughs> like somebody menacing at least. You know, these right. people seemed like they were peaceful and didn't like they didn't quite fit the part of cannibals. I don't know. I just think he missed the mark. But the the scene where the, the fat guy gets eaten, I must say that. That was the only that's, that was cool Just part. watch that scene and then end the movie. Yeah, there. just end it there. Weight challenged, I think. Weight challenged. Weight the challenged. Weight, yeah. weightily challenged. <laughs> Honorable mention time. Yeah. I want to go. I want to um, go. Go. Body melt. Body melt is a good one. That also split the group. That did. And that it, split oh, it split me too, actually. I, Not I had me. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I that really want to see body melt. So goofy. You've seen it. I have. Yeah, so this was an interesting movie that one of our Is, friends uh, had New found. Zealand? Yeah, one of our friends had found the videotape. That's how long ago this was at like the DI or a thrift store or something. And they watched it and it was just like so funny and awesome to them that we that created this tradition where they would put, you'd pass it on to somebody and you would watch it and then you'd have to pass it on to oh, the next fun. person. Okay, so what's body melt about then? If we I've watched it for it. one of our horror movie nights. It's, I don't think it, I was there. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe. Um, uh, it's... It's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> There's a lot going on. In There's, There's a lot, a lot going lot. on. But uh, but it, it's really fun, like, body horror. Um, yeah, there's this whole, like, family farm of hillbillies that are just thrown in it that yeah. almost doesn't even go with the to do. movie. There's shovel rape in it. I remember that. Shovel rape. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Anyway. Um, I would do a Meatball Machine. Definitely. That's another yeah. weird, like, Japanese... Body uh, horror. That was really super good. fun, though. It was one of those movies where I said, what the fuck, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, I was like, I think I like that movie. <laughs> the uh, Fly. I don't know. Yeah, The Fly. I wonder if none of us picked that thinking that everyone else is going to pick the that. The Fly would have been on my list. I was yeah. trying not to do crossovers. Yeah, it should have been. That should have been on somebody's. Yeah. I was going to pick it, but I did think that That's like almost the definition of body horror when, it, like, under Josh's rule. Yeah, what, no, what? that really fits the bill. It's like falling off. Oh, yeah. Pieces are falling off. Your wiener falls off. And he's keeping it in his 
yeah, medicine cabinet, which is even creepier. And you can pause it and see his wiener. Dude, the fingernail scene. Ooh. Oh, he's oh, pulling yeah. off his fingernails. So when I was a yeah. kid, I thought that movie was boring, and I remember watching it again as an adult. I'm like, what the? How desensitized was I as a kid? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum <laughs> it's is a genius. Movie. Jeff Goldblum is so fun to watch in most roles, oh, yeah. and in this role, he's amazing. Yeah. In it. And you, he's a likable guy. Like I like when he comes into the house and he just plays that very dramatic piano. Uh, melody for her yeah. and she's like I'm gonna leave you know yeah you, you know what that has there's like this one scene in it and it like it like makes my chest feel tingly it's like inspiring when when he says like um, I was an insect who dreamed he was a human and, and loved it but now the dream is over and the insect is awake or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that's very close. Very poetic. Yeah. And it's yeah. so poetic. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. like there's, there's like obviously like, of course there's this like really dramatic music like playing during it. And oh man, it's like, it is like, I want that on like a poster or yeah. something because it's just like one of my favorite quotes in a movie of all time. And yeah. it, and it feels like philosophical for like just a human. Oh, yeah. You know no, it's, I mean? a, like, it's a good movie. Yeah. And I think they, they did, I mean, a man turns himself into a fly, like, it'd be like a dumb movie, you know, well, but they did a really good job with and it. And at first he's loving it, right? Because he's just like, I'm so strong and I'm all this. Yeah. And then, like, you know something's wrong when you see those first three fly hairs. That, yeah. You know, this movie inspired me whenever I get, like, thick chin hairs that I have to pluck out. I'm like, I've got the fly! <laughs> Turning into the fly! <laughs> I guess we should state, if you didn't know by now, we're talking about the 1986, yeah. not the 1958. Not that right. I but I do like the original. I do like the original. And even the fly too with Vincent Price. Yeah. But yeah. it's not really body horror. It's not the original. Does he turn into like an actual a bitsy fly? fly yeah. his, well, his head is like on a fly's body. And the fly's head is on his body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but so he's got like a sheet over his head most of the time. And, <laughs> then, and then his wife pulls it off and reveals. And then it's like, oh! And then in the end, you see him trapped in a web and he's yeah. going, help me! Oh, okay. Help me! <laughs> That's pretty so bad. scary. It's pretty bad to me. <laughs> I think Simpsons Treehouse of Horror did a did a bit on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, Cabin Fever Part Two, I actually really like. Yeah, it's directed by Ty West. It, uh, Eli Roth didn't do it. I like the opening, but it, that ups that ups the uh, the gruesomeness That's in true. it. That's true. Kid's does. penis falls off. That's right. Oh, Why yeah. is all these penises falling Well, off? I mean, that's fun. That's right? body that's just horror. Fun. That, that takes it to a new level. If you've ever had a penis before, <laughs> you don't want it falling off. Yeah, it's that's not like my, be like the most scary thing to happen like, to oh, a guy. It's, penis yeah. it's not like my vagina could fall off. You know? like, I guess you're first would be my nipples, off. and then would be my penis. <laughs> I just don't want to be no nippleless freak. <laughs> Come on. I take off my shirt when I go to the swimming pool. I don't take off my draw pants on when your, I do that. You could draw on your nipples. I guess you yeah. could draw your penis on too. But. Yeah, draw it super big on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't mind losing a penis. <laughs> also, Reanimator. Yeah. Yep. I feel yeah. like this is reserved for another. I mean, I, I included it in best score. It is body horror. But, but it is body horror. Because yeah. he's like reanimating these bodies. There's a severed head um, and brain damage. Which that yeah. split the group too. I think Josh didn't like it very much. I didn't see. Did I see brain, brain damage? damage. Um, he's got that brain parasite. Was it's it? A, so it's the guy. It's the one with the weird. Like I don't think you did see it, Melanie. Like it was worm. fantastic. No, no, <laughs> Melanie didn't see it because no. we have this tradition. Oh yeah. The, every time Melanie doesn't show up 
Uh, we take these pictures yeah, of the movie. Was that the glitter penis? Naked. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I was like, why was it's there like a penis, penis or a butt? We 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 take yeah. it. Yeah. I loved this movie. There's like what? Is, like he has a weird voice, right? Like the little parasites are. Hello, David. Yeah. It's like almost it's like, like a cartoony. Muppet. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh it's god. Like a, it's like a Muppet version of like Frank Sinatra. You need to I, watch this movie. I enjoyed okay. parts of the movie. I felt like the the tragic parts or like the death scenes just were very dragged on <laughs> the screams very, were extremely dragged on yeah for a very long yeah. time like funny almost the, yeah. the, the weird blowjob scene is very unnerving though. there's like a it's basically like this the parasite looks like a wiener right and, yeah on then, purpose i think yeah there's this lady who's like basically sucking on the thing and it's just like too realistic man it looks yeah. like we were watching porn <laughs> that's what we sent to melanie she's yeah. like is that a sparkly dildo or yeah. something like i that. thought it was <laughs> check, check it out though. i don't know i love that movie yeah. it was so funny i remember that one <laughs> it was so funny anything else oh, I, don't, I think it's all been mentioned Josh yeah, just drew a I, picture I, of it on his paper. Yeah, there's some, there's some <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty good. It's even blue. <laughs> All right. Well, then that is our show. I'd like to thank you for listening. And we want to thank Kirsten Adams for making our logo. And uh, we will return. But you can email us at bubclubpodcast at gmail.com tell us what your three favorite body horror movies are and Bub Club is a production of Pod Cauldron listen to other great Pod Cauldron podcasts Cards and Cubes show about board games you didn't grow up playing Rabble 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 comedic look at current events thank you see you next time